we doing this morning? Okay, good. All right. Now, here's the thing. Uh, a lot of times I do, I get the awesome opportunity to be able to travel across the country and to speak to students and, and churches. But a lot of times I'm in schools and doing school assemblies. And after everything is done, you will see, uh, you could go out there and I have a table out there. And one of the things that you'll see is my book out there called Secrets Anonymous. It feels really weird to say, yeah, this is my book. I don't feel like I wrote it. So there are pictures in here. So, you know, maybe I did write it. So, uh, this book is just a collection of secrets that uh, students have written to me all across the country just about the things that they're going through and some hurts. And so put them in a book in order to let people know that they're not alone. And if you know you're not alone, then you know there is hope for you. So feel free to look at that. also have uh, shirts out there and whatnot. But today I have come to tell you and let you know you got a place. You have got a spot at the table. You've got a spot. Matter of fact, turn the person next to you and let them know, you've got a spot. That's right. He's got a spot for you, sir. I don't know if you know I'm talking to you, but I'm talking to you, you handsome young man. Now, here is the deal. And uh, let's see here. We're going to go with Romans. Romans 12, 21 says this. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. All right, now today, I unintentionally, I'm going to talk to you about three different TV shows, okay? Number one, the first TV show I'm going to talk to you about is a TV show. I don't know if you've seen it, maybe for you. I think it's on A&E. I don't know. Okay, if you are not a TV watcher, I'm going to apologize to you right now. Uh, we are all have sin in our life and need the grace of Jesus, and so I am still needing Jesus' grace, okay? So the show is on A&E, and the show is called Hoarders. Anybody seen the show Hoarders? Okay, right? That show is scary, okay? It gives me nightmares. Now, if you've never seen the show Hoarders, it's when people, they have like all sorts of different things in their house. And I remember one episode, this lady, she had like hundreds of newspapers all around her house. And I was like, lady, you just get an iPad. That's all you need. And so there's this one episode that sticks with me forever, okay? Now today, I hope you all know that I've heard your series, you are talking about fruits of the Spirit. And in Galatians 5.22 to 23, it says this, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Today, we're going to focus on two of those, kindness and goodness, okay? And I believe that Hoarders represents this really well. Now, there's this episode. This is a true story. This episode where it's about this guy. And this guy, he's like an old Vietnam veteran, and he had, like, gray hair, and he had a ponytail as well, so you know he's awesome. And so the show starts off, and... He's sitting there in front of the camera, and they're standing outside of his home, right? And so he just, before they walk into his house, he turns towards the camera and goes, are you sure you want to do this? Now, at that point of the show, I was like, oh, snap. I don't know if I want to watch this. This is going to be scary. And so he opens up the door. It was an old house. And he opens it up. This is true, okay? A lot of times people are like, oh, you know how pastors are? They exaggerate things. No, I did not exaggerate this. He opens up the door, and there is a thousand rats in his house. A thousand rats. And so you see it. The floor is all crawling with these rats. 
I'm sitting here, I'm like, OMG, I can't believe somebody would live like this. And so they're going around, he's showcasing like all the rats, and he's walking around, and it's just like, you know, uh, uh, one day I just got one rat, and one rat turned into three, and three rats turned into 15, and so on, and so on. And so I am sitting here, right? Now, every single episode, there's this lady, and she's kind of like the host of the show. She is not like a normal host, okay? She is not like uh, Ty, but you guys, Ty, remember home? Never mind. So she is not like a normal host, okay? She doesn't have the flair. She doesn't have like old sayings that she has every single episode. We're going to clean it up. She has nothing like that. All she is is just a lady that just cares about people. And so all throughout the whole show, she's a counselor, and she comes in, and she's talking to him, and she's like, okay, tell me how this happens. Now, every single episode, they always get to the root of what it is. It's not because people like to just collect rats. That's crazy. I don't know anybody that would like to do that. And if that's you, hey, you're cool. But I personally don't. Now, she starts talking to him, and she's like, okay, how did this start? And he was like, well, uh, when I was in Vietnam... He's like, I saw my friend blow up right in front of me. And he goes, I tried to carry him back to the base, but he goes, my friend ended up dying in my arms. And he goes, I, I went home. I found a beautiful woman that I loved. She got cancer, and she died in my arms. And he goes, in my life, I have let so many people down, and I've let so many people die. He's like, I didn't know what to do. And one day, somebody brought me a rat. And I'm like, okay, please don't buy me a rat. If you're out there and you're trying to help me, that does not help. And he goes, it just was something that became a part of, part of my family and became a friend of mine. And I, I was like, you know what? I don't want, I won't want my friend to be lonely like I've been lonely. So he's like, I just brought another rat. And so the rats, they just kept on multiplying. And so as he's talking, this lady, she's sitting there and she's listening. And she is intently. Now, you guys have to understand, like a lot of times, you know, have you guys known somebody who's like, okay, you're just here because this is just your job, right? We all have that person. Maybe you've gone to work, and you're like, dude, you have come in five minutes late every single day, and they're like, yo, man, that's what I do. But this lady, she is not like that. She's not merely just doing her hosting duties. She's intently listening to this man talk about what is going on. And so she's like, okay, let's go inside your house. And so she goes inside the house with him, and there's just rats everywhere. She Now, okay, I'm telling you right now, if you bring me into your home and there are rats everywhere, if you ask me for advice, my first advice to you is you need to burn this place down. That's what I'm going to say to you. Now, this lady, she comes in, and she doesn't have no reaction. She doesn't go, ew. Like, she just goes around, and she's like, okay, tell me about this. And they're going around in the living room and everything like that, and she is just listening to him. And then finally, they sit down, and she goes, okay, here's what's going to happen. We're going to have to clean this up because if you don't, the city's going to come in, and they're going to shut you down. She lets him know plainly, this is what we need to do. But then she's like, now let me walk you through this. 
And so she starts to talk to him, and she's like, okay, what we're going to do, we're going to have people come in, and we're going to clean up these rats, and we're going to place them in a safe place. We're going to treat this very humanely, okay? And I just want you to be here for this whole process. And so the day comes where these people in hazmat like suits, they come in and covering their mouths, and they're trying to get these rats, and one guy, he's running all over the like kitchen trying to pick up these rats. And so this dude, he's just standing in the middle of the whole room watching all of this take place. And you can tell he's really tense. You can tell he is very uncomfortable about this situation. And then finally, they go to move this couch. All these rats scatter everywhere. But in the middle is the skeleton of a rat. This dude breaks down and cries. Lady comes over. She puts her arm around him and she goes, okay, tell me what you're feeling right now. And he goes, this is another person I have let down. This is my fault. And she begins to tell him, hey, this is not your fault, but this is what's been done. And since you have put yourself in this situation, I'm here to help you get out. And so she loves him, and they finally clean up the whole house. And at the end of the episode, you see the house, and it is totally destroyed. He is not able to live in this house anymore, even though it's cleaned up. And so she goes, we're going to make sure we find you a spot. And his sister comes and she goes, he can come to my house. And he's like, I, I can't pay you rent. I don't have a job. And she goes, that's okay. You can stay at my house. I have a spot for you. God has a spot for you. Even though we're talking about the fruit of the spirit uh, today, I think a lot of times, even as I was thinking of this message, I, I'm thinking, okay, this is what we have to do to have the fruit of the Spirit and have kindness and goodness. But no, the thing about it is this. You can't be good and you can't be kind. It's called the fruit of the Spirit. Why? Because you need God's Spirit to do it. You cannot do it alone. Matter of fact, there's this quote and it says, human nature is evil and goodness is caused by intentional activity. Nobody accidentally becomes good. Nobody accidentally gives out kindness. Doesn't happen. It, ha it takes intentionality. Remember, Romans 12, 21 says this, do not conform by evil, but overcome evil with good. There are some of you in this room right now, you have not tasted good. You have not tasted kind fruit. And for that, I am sorry. I don't know what sin has been placed in your life. I don't know how people have looked at you and they have shamed you. But I'm here to tell you right now, God's got good fruit for you. He's got a spot for you. And there are some of you in here right now, we need to be intentional about our actions. Remember, fruit doesn't come out unintentionally. You do not grow good grapes on accident. I wish I did because my garden would be off the bomb. Off the bomb. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> And I think uh, a good story that illustrates this really well is in 2 Samuel 9 with my dude David, okay? Now, David, this, this story kind of reminds me of Undercover Boss, TV show number two. 
Now, he is, like, fighting these battles, right? And David, God's got his hand on him, and he's going around, and he's winning, and he's doing this, and he's doing that, and he's winning all over the place, winning, 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 right? And so David, he's doing all these awesome things, and so it finally gets to this spot where he's been, like, out there in, like, the battlefield with everybody, and now it comes to this point where David's like, okay, you know what? I've got to do something good. And matter of fact, in 2 Samuel 9, 1, it says, David asked, is there anyone still left of the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? He's saying, look, I need to do something. Who can I help? Who can I be kind to? And so they call in uh, one of the servants, and his name uh, was Zinzibar, and he comes in, and he's like, all right, you know what? There is somebody, and uh, Ziba, his name is Ziba, and he goes, there is somebody, a matter of fact, and his name is, now I practice this now, so we're going to see if I can pull this off, uh, Methuselah. See, I practice this all day, and now I'm messing it up, Methuselah. And he goes, this is the son of Jonathan, uh, Saul's son. And he's like, okay, go get that dude and bring him to me. And so they go, and they get his son, and they bring him from a town called Lobar, and they bring him, and he sees David, and he is scared, right? He bows down to him nervously because you guys have to remember, like, if you are part of the old regime, if you are part of the old kingdom, you could, like, reclaim the throne. You could come in and people are like, well, he does have a, a spot here someplace and he could come in and take the new king over. So he's scared, okay? And he knows David might hurt me. David might kill me. Comes in, bows down. David looks at him and he goes, Mephishai, son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, he came to him and he goes, uh, dude, don't be afraid. He doesn't say dude, but that's what I say. Dude, don't be afraid. For I will surely show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan. I will restore to you all the land that belonged to your grandfather, Saul, and you will always eat at my table. Methuselah, he's sitting here and he's like, what, what, what's going on? What are, you, what are you talking about here? And he's like, everything that your, your grandfather, Saul, had, I'm going to give it to you. And more than just give it to you, I'm going to give you a spot at my table always. And so in 2 Samuel 9, 12 through 13, it says that Methosheth had a young son named Micah, and all the members of Ziba's household were servants of Methosheth. And Methosheth lived in Jerusalem because he always ate at the king's table. He was lame in both feet. Now, it says that... Uh, at birth, uh, somebody was carrying him as a baby, and as they were running away, uh, the person that was holding him fell, and it broke both his feet. So he was never able to walk well. He had a handicap. And so he comes in, and David's like, you always have a place at my table. I know you can't work, but you still have a place at my table. Now, David shows goodness and he shows kindness. Uh, number one, the way that he shows goodness is this. Goodness is righteousness and action. Doing what's right and encouraging others to do the same. So good, being good means I morally know what is right. I morally know that this is what we're supposed to do that's good. And more than just that, it also corrects people as well. It's like, look, 
This is not good, and you, we need to turn this around. And just like the lady and hoarders comes in, okay, the city, they're going to shut your house down. Let's just be plain and honest. But I'm going to help you. This is wrong, but this is how we can become good. So David, he's showing his goodness, and he's like, okay, we're going to do this. And 1 Samuel 20, 14 through 15, you get to see that David made a promise to Jonathan, to Mephibosheth's dad. He made a promise to him. Just as he was being shown kindness, Jonathan goes, you need to do this for my family. David goes, I will. I will show kindness to your family. Now, it's pretty easy to be like, okay, uh, sure, I'm going to do that. Thanks for helping me out. But no, the way that David shows goodness is he not only knows he made that promise, but he honors that promise. How is David being able to be good? Because he was close to Jonathan's dad. Or he was close to Methuselah's father. How do we become good? You get close to your father in heaven. You don't accidentally be good. Your good comes out because your father is in you. So David, he's like, hey, I'm going to seek this guy out. I'm going to be good and honor what I have said. Second of all, David showed his goodness by respecting a king that went after him. See, Jonathan's dad, Saul, I don't know if you guys know uh, a lot about Saul, but Saul was the king before him, and Saul, like, was going after David. After he learned that this was supposed to be the new king, Saul was like, "Mm mm-mm, not up in my place. And so he would go, and he would try to hunt David and take him out. And so David, the whole time, still respected the king. And he was just like, you know what? Even though you don't like me, even though you're trying to kill me, I'm still going to honor you as king right now because that's who you are. Now think about this. This is a very hard thing to do because I know I used to be in that same situation where I was at a job and I had a boss where I was like, ooh, if I just had one chance, I would drop kick you in your eye. Like, it is really easy to feel that way. But what does goodness say? Goodness says, no, that's your position and I'm going to respect you for it because that is the right thing to do. And that's what David did until it was his time to become king. And so David does these things, Right? But in this story, we also see how David is being kind. Now, kindness is uh, being helpful, committing to actively caring for the needs of others. You are saying, I am actively, not only am I saying I care, but I'm actively going to show you that I care. I'm going to do something for you. And so uh, we're able to see some of this in 1 John 3.18. It says this, Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. One of the ways that David shows kindness is he inquires uh, about Methosheth. He says, okay, not only I need to find somebody that I can do good to. And he goes and he searches him out. Remember, when we're being kind, You don't just accidentally go, oh, here's a person. I'll just be kind to you. No, you have to search that person out. You need to be intentional. And one of the cool things about this story is uh, Methosheth, he is living in a town called Lodabar. Lodabar, like, breaks down to saying uh, no pasture, no word, or no communication. So this dude is hanging out in a city 
where he is literally, he is hiding. The city is all about hiding, and he is hiding in this dirt town. He knows I don't want to be found because I know I can't do anything to protect myself. I know that I am this lame person, and if somebody comes to get me, they can kill me, and there's nothing I can do. I am worthless. But what does David do? He goes, no, you still have a spot at my table. You still have a spot at God's table. I don't know who you are this morning, but I'm here to tell you this. It does not matter what you can or cannot do. There is nobody more specialer than you. There is nobody that is higher at God's table than you are. God just looks at you and goes, you're mine. I love you. We don't deserve God's goodness, but he does it anyway. We don't deserve his kindness, but he gave his son anyway. Not for anything that any one of us has done, because we have a good, good father. That's it. So David, he looks for him, and then the reception that he gives him when he comes in, he does it very kindly. Because remember, he's thinking, I'm about to die. This king is going to kill me. But David goes, no, you don't have to bow like that. You're part of my house. You come here. You can always trust me. And then lastly, he provides provisions for Methosheth. He says, for the rest of your life, I will give you a spot. You will be taken care of. And uh, we see that in the last bit where David, he goes and he's just like, okay, whatever happens from this point on, you always have a spot here and you will always have land that is yours. He gives him. He goes beyond being good. But this is where it's kind. You don't deserve this, but I'm going to give it to you anyway because I know my father and I know your father. And this is what I've promised to do. That's kindness. Some of us in here, it's been a long time since you've been showing kindness. I'm telling you right now, kindness can be found here. I don't even know every single person at this church, but I do know that God planted this place here because he goes, there's people that need to know there's kindness for them. Remember, God loves you. This is not just a story about David, and we're not David in this story. For a lot of us in here, we're Methusheth. We're hurt and we feel like there is nothing I can provide, but God still says you have a part at my table. Doesn't matter what happens. Doesn't matter what you do. Matter of fact, uh, my wife and I, we have two daughters. Uh, my oldest daughter, her name is Gracie. She's seven. And my youngest daughter, her name is Cece, and she's four years old. Now, Cece, uh, this is the third TV show I'm going to tell you about. And Cece, uh, she, for some reason, she's gotten into watching uh, Power Rangers. Now, here's the deal, okay? Before you judge me as a parent, okay? Like, I grew up watching Power Rangers, so I'm like, yeah, this is cool. But now being older and actually watching it, I'm like, oh, this show is really violent. And so there was one day that I learned this really well where my daughter and I, we're talking, we're playing around, and I'm like, yeah, I'm a Power Ranger. And she goes, I am too. And she punches me in my face. And I was like, oh, snap, this show is terrible. So, for her, it doesn't matter how many times I get punched in the face, she still has a spot at my table. 
because she is mine, and that is my daughter, and I'm going to take care of her no matter what. This is what God says to you. Yes, you have sin in your life, absolutely. But you still have a spot on my table. Um, uh, like they're saying, I get the awesome opportunity to be able to travel around and do school assemblies. And the thing about it is this. Uh, there was an organization that I used to work for. They went to go and they fight human trafficking. And so working with this organization, I was a part of the school assembly team. So we would go into schools and we would uh, do these school assemblies to let students know, hey, here are the red flags to look for when it comes to uh, human trafficking. And so I'll never forget, we got the opportunity to go to a safe house where when girls are rescued, they can come and stay someplace where they're going to be taken care of and going to get the things that they need. Now, there is not a lot of places in this country that people, once they're rescued from human trafficking, can go and get these things. And so we were honored to be able to go to this place. And it was in Montana, and it was owned by this, this couple named Doug and Fran. And I'll never forget, got off the plane in Montana, and we're driving through the mountains for like two hours, right? And already my like spider sense is tingling because they're like, mm, I've seen this movie before. I'm going to stay in the car. And so we finally, we get to this place. Now, Doug, he's like an ex-biker gang member, okay? He is like 6'5", has the old school beard and the buzz cut, okay? This is a very scary dude. We get there, I get out the car, he sees me, and he goes, you must be Terrence. And I'm like, not if you're going to kill me. And so gives me a big hug, and he's like, let me show you around the ranch. And so we're starting, we're walking around, and he's showing us first where they have, like, this big area where they have horses. And he's like, hey, we just have the girls, when they come in, we teach them how to take care of the horses, because I guess when you go through a traumatic event, it sometimes is good to be able to take care of something else. And he's like, let me show you inside the house. And so he goes, and there are different rooms, and each room has, like, a theme to it. And so there's one room where it's, like, a princess theme, and he's like, the girls, when they come, they can just pick out their room and that's just their room and they can live in that theme. But then he goes downstairs in his basement and they have like a legit movie theater in this basement, okay? And matter of fact, before you walk in, there's a wall just filled with candy. Every single type of candy you want, it is right there. Sour gummy worms, mm, delicious. They're all just right there. And he's like, my wife and I, before every night, we'll just tell them to go pick out the candy they want, and we'll go in there and we'll watch a movie. So we're going and we're seeing all these things, right? And then finally, we come back upstairs. He sits down in his recliner, and we begin to ask him, how can we help you in your mission? And all of a sudden, the phone rings. He looks at us and he goes, sorry, I have to get this. Because he knows this could be somebody that needs to be rescued picks up the phone. He goes, hello? Yep. Okay. I just want to talk to her. Just let me talk to her. Next thing you know, his voice changes. Hello? Hey, we just, we just want to show you that somebody cares about you. Yeah. Okay. Hope to see you soon. Bye. Hangs up the phone. Doug goes back and sits in his recliner and he begins to cry. This ex-biker gang member starts to break down. Come to find out, on the phone was a six-year-old girl whose mother sold her to the people in the neighborhood. And he goes, who would do this to this little girl? Who would hurt her like this? And he goes, 
no matter what happens, we're going to pay for that little girl to get to this house. My wife is going to fly out there, and she's going to get her, and she's going to bring her back to our house, and we're going to love her. This is good, and this is kindness in action. Uh, matter of fact, there is uh, a quote um, by Mr. Rogers. This is a bonus TV show. Um, and he says, when I was a boy and I would see scary things in the news, my mother would say to me, look for the helpers. You will always find people who are helping. Are you one of those people? Are you the person that has the fruit that says, I'm here to nourish you. I'm here for you to eat and to see that the Lord is good. This is what the world needs. And this is what we can do if we stay close to our Father in heaven. Good creates the opportunity for kind to happen. In Ephesians 2, 7, it says, In order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace ex expressed in his kindness to us in Jesus Christ. God is good. And the way that he showed his kindness was by giving us Jesus. We did not deserve it, but he gave it anyway. We all need that. And I know there are some of you in this room right now. God wants good to happen for you. God wants kindness to happen for you. My prayer is that you will eat and you will find people here that God will move heaven and earth to show you that kindness is not just for the special. It's not just for the people with a mic in their hand. Kindness is for all of us. Um, uh, like they were saying, I... I'm able to travel around, and I do these school assemblies, and there's this one school assembly I'll never forget. It was in a gym where there's like over 500 students that were going to be there, and the first people that came in was this special needs group. And I'll never forget, as they were coming in, I was like, you know what? No matter what happens, I'm going to make those kids smile. There's over 500 students here, but I'm doing this assembly just for them. And so the assembly's coming, and I'm, like, going. I'm telling all these jokes to these students, and I'm, like, fist bumping them. I'm like, man, they're like, oh, that's crazy. I'm like, I know, right? And so we're doing this whole thing. And at the end of the assembly, students are coming up, and they're getting hugs, and they're crying. And then next thing I know, this girl gets up with her walker, and she comes, and she starts walking over towards me. And so I'm, like, sitting here. I'm like, is she coming to see me? And as she gets closer and closer, this smile grows on her face. And then she gets right here, and she goes, I need a hug from you. I go, oh, yeah, okay. And so I give her this hug, and she goes, what are you doing here? I go, you want to know the real reason why I'm here? Because my Father in heaven loves me and he wants you to know he loves you too. And she goes, you're talking about Jesus. And I go, I am, yes. And she goes, I know Jesus. And so she takes her walker. She goes back to her group that she is sitting with. And she begins to tell each of those kids sitting there about Jesus. This girl that maybe others put special needs on, God put special purpose. God said, you can show good and you can show kindness. It doesn't matter where you are at, no matter what you have or don't have. 
You can do this. You can do this. Keep on being close to your father, and he will give you the opportunities. You just got to go out there and get them. So I'm going to pray. And one, I'm going to pray for those in this room right now that need that good and that kindness. That maybe you're coming here and you're malnourished. You're tired. And you don't know that you can do this. Today is the day that the Lord has made for you to eat and know that it is good. I'm going to pray that you get that. And I'm also going to pray for those that we are in a position that we need to do this. And we need to go outside of the bounds that, of the people that we know. And we need to search it out so that God will give us the eyes and the ears to see those that need to eat his fruit. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for loving us. I thank you for giving us good and showing your kindness to us. Lord, I pray for those that are in here right now that maybe it's been a long time since they've seen uh, eaten kindness and known good. God, I pray that you will use people, that you will, that you will make uh, the impossible happen, and you will let them see that there is always a spot at the table. You may have sin in your life that you are saying, I want to let you know that this is bad, but at the same time, I'm going to show you that I am a kind God, and that God, that you will offer things that are life-giving. God, I pray that there are those in here that are hungry that will be filled so much that they're saying, I need to share this food too. Lord, I also pray for the people in here that maybe there are people that you have shown them already and going, they need to see that their God is good and he is kind. God, I pray that you will give us the steps to be able to take and not just within our own uh, friend circle and our own families, but those that maybe we don't even know their name. I pray that you will show us their faces so the next time that we're either at our job or walking around, that God, that we will know because we're so close to you that we will know those that are hurting, those that are hiding, that it does not matter where they may hide, you will find them. No matter how good they are at hide and seek, you are a way better seeker. So God, thank you for using us to help show the world that you are good and kind. Jesus' name.